0: Hey everyone, I'm glad you're joining Craig and I today for this important survival quick segment where we will be breaking down a vital survival, preparedness, or emergency topic with the goal of packing a ton of life-saving preparedness information into about 15 minutes. Okay, let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to this edition of Survival Quick Tips, which is part of the tiny Survival Guide learning system and our full Tiny Survival Masterclass online training.
1: What we're going to be doing in this segment is where David and I will take a few minutes to break down a vital emergency preparedness or survival topic found in the Tiny Survival Guide. And along the way, we'll be sharing some action steps that you can put into practice today.
0: Today, we'll be referencing Section D in the Tiny Survival Guide called Danger Zone. And we're going to be discussing situational awareness, conflict avoidance, and how to get yourself out of a dangerous situation alive. All right, Craig, so at the time of this recording, we've had a lot of violence in the United States, looting, riots for various, various cities, for various reasons. A lot of people have been hurt. A lot of people have been killed. And today's topic is all around avoidance and getting out of immediate danger. And I know this is a real strength for you, so I'm just going to cut you loose. And why don't you take us through some awareness, avoidance items that we can take with us and anything else you think we need to know.
1: Well, I think the first thing would be to definitely realize the best way to win a physical altercation is to not be one in the first place. That's why I'm a big fan of utilizing the AA of avoidance and awareness strategy. Avoidance is literally not going in places that you know are problematic. And when you recognize that a situation is becoming heated or it could become physical, removing yourself from that situation. Don't let ego drive you forward when it could cause more problems. There are several things that are the, at the root of physical altercation One of those is what i refer to as ego-based assault. That's where your ego gets in the way and is driving you. You can stop most of those by controlling your own ego. The next one would be predator-based. That's where people is having someone that is a predator. Think of it as a, a man that is surveilling a woman and wants to bring physical harm or steal something or rape or something of that nature. That's a predator. That could be someone that you've harmed at work whether you've purposely done it or not purposely done it, and they want to bring harm to you or they like what you've got and they want to take it from you. That's a predator that is out there that is prowling, knowing that you are the target and you do not realize that you are the target. You can avoid most of those situations with awareness and paying attention to your surroundings And then the last, the third one is a different physical assault, which is uh, assassination. And there's really not much you can do for it. If somebody's going to assassinate you, quite frankly, there's nothing you can do. If they've pinpointed, you are going to assassinate you with a car or a firearm or any number of different things. There's not a lot you can do uh, in that particular situation. So to avoid most situations where physical altercation could be an issue, avoidance and awareness is the key. Now let's break those down a little bit further. The big thing for situational awareness are obstacles. What are the obstacles to having good situational awareness? The first one would be focus lock. Focus lock is where instead of actually looking at what's going on around you, you actually are focused in on something right in front of you. This could obviously be a cell phone. Uh, this could be where you're looking at the car that's directly in front of you in a situation where you're stuck in traffic and you're not paying attention to what's going on around you in your mirrors. You're not seeing what's happening in front of the car that's in front of, the, front of your car that's in front of you. And that is something that you must do. You must literally constantly pay attention to your surroundings and not get focus locked. The other one that I'm a big fan of is what I call baseline versus disturbance. Every situation, every group of people, every environment has a baseline of activity and things that are going on in it. Whether that is the leaf litter on the bottom of a forest floor, that's baseline and how it looks on most situations. Uh, Or whether that's a crowd at a music concert, they all have a certain behavior and they thump, they move, they jive, whatever you want to call it to a certain beat. And anybody that stands out from that beat, any sort of thing that stands out from the baseline of the forest litter, for example, is disturbance. Whenever we see disturbance, that doesn't mean that we run. That does, that it warrants our attention and we pay closer attention to it so that we can see as if that is a threat and address it accordingly if we need to.
0: Craig, so can you take us back to maybe a practical situation? Let's just say we're in a restaurant or a cafe. What are some steps that people can take to start practicing situational awareness and position themselves to be safer?
1: Well, one that gets passed on a lot is never turn your back to the front door. That's passed on so much that I think nearly everybody knows that. The person that's security minded will never have their back where a threat can come in to the location. I think more important than that is the exit strategy. You do not want to have only one exit strategy wherever you go at any time. When you go into a facility, let's say a restaurant, since you brought that up, let's say you go into a restaurant you're going to have dinner, there's typically going to be one entrance. And so most people think, hey, that's the same one exit, not me. That is, if everything's going fine, that's my exit. But my exit is multiple exits at any given time, which could be, I always know where the kitchen is so that I can go out the back door. And I always have some sort of tool with me that I can go out a window. And what I mean by that is something like a glass punch or something of that nature that you're like a rescue me device. I carry that on my key ring to get out of my vehicle in case danger happens there. But I also always know wherever I position myself in a restaurant, Hey, that window over there, That's where we're going to go out if somebody comes in here and starts doing stuff. Because most people don't think of that as an exit because it's not. Well, I'm going to create an exit right there and I'm going to go out it.
0: So we've had a lot of rioting, uh, civil unrest. People involved in that or around that, how do they position themselves so that they can avoid harm to themselves and others they care about in those sorts of situations?
1: Don't go there. Uh, number one, don't go to a situation where there is a protest like that. In our day and age, I just don't think you can do that. Uh, I love the idea of our constitution and allowing us the opportunity for peaceful protest. And I think we should protect that. But right now these protests more often than not are not peaceful anymore. Um, Without going into too much detail, I've been paid to be an undercover person in some of these peaceful protest. And I'm just telling you, you do not want to go there. You do not want to go there. So no matter what your normal behavior is, if you drive through those areas, then you want to completely find another route and go completely away from them, go somewhere else and find alternate routes to work or what have you. If, if, if you have to, you must go through an area like that, meaning, Hey, that's, they typically, protest at eight o'clock in this area but I work from nine to five and you've got to go to that area then make sure you you're contacting somebody that knows that you're going in there and that you get there safely that you leave at a certain time and you get home safely and then have the means to protect yourself and what I mean by that is whatever you see fit that you have the skills and ability and the gear to properly defend yourself then utilize those gear pieces to do exactly that
0: Okay, everyone, we are out of time for this survival quick tip segment. But in a moment, Craig and I are going to continue the conversation for our tiny survival master class students, where I will ask Craig to give us five things we can do to increase our chances of getting out of an active shooter situation alive. So if you want to hear Craig's response, and you want an accelerated online training course that will take you systematically through the vital mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost any emergency, crisis, or disaster, click the link below or check out Masterclass.com now.
1: All right, everybody, don't forget to subscribe wherever you are seeing and or hearing this. We really appreciate the support and that you're doing that for these survival quick tips. We're always at your service here trying to do everything we can to help you. So thank you for listening in. Thank you for watching. If you don't care, please like, leave a comment, and share this content with others that you care about. That way you can help them be better prepared. And guess what? It's free, freebie, free, nada. It costs zero to be able to do that. And that helps us. That helps you. That helps the people that you care for. And we really appreciate the fact that you do that. So with that said, think that's it until next time keep it simple stay positive and be sharp